Actually doing my show from home this morning because they did say to stay off the roads unless it was an emergency. I know Charlemagne and Envy are driving in, but it's a little bit rough out there. We actually had flash floods here in the New York City and the New Jersey area. It was a state of emergency that was effective immediately all in response to Tropical Storm Ida. So personally, on my block, it was completely flooded. The basement's flooded. The uh, roof, there's a couple of leaks, but I want to say we're very fortunate that it's not worse than than that. But we're not used to this. This is the first time they've ever had to issue a flash flood warning here in New York City. So this has never happened. The subways were closed from last night, but we'll give you all that information this morning. There was all kinds of damage. People have died. They said about 80,000 customers in New Jersey have lost power. 5,300 people in New York have lost power. So... Everybody, if you're out, if you're getting up, you're getting ready to go somewhere, please reconsider. I know there's a lot of cars that are abandoned on the streets. Uh, I know New Orleans is still having issues. I know Louisiana in general is still having issues. I know people who've had to drive, you know, over an hour to get gas and drive to another city. So right now, it feels like global warming issues, guys. All right, but uh, we have, let me see who's coming on the show this morning. Hey, who doing? Because y'all know, this is usually Envy's part. Oh, Malcolm Mays. Yes, Malcolm Mays is going to be on the show this morning. He's extraordinary as far as a, being a writer. He also is an actor. You know him from being on Snowfall. You know him from uh, right now he's on Raising Canaan on Stars. He plays Lulu. And then he's also has several movies that he's working on and that he's writing. So we're going to discuss all that this morning. But he has a fascinating life. He is from L.A. And his uncle is actually Tuki. So we'll talk about all of that when he comes through this morning. But next up, we do have front page news. And after that, we have, uh, you know, get it off your chest. So I know a lot of people are going to want to call in this morning talking about their own experiences about what's going on. Again, look, I know I posted like what my block was looking like. And I saw some people being like, all right, y'all, we used to it here. But, you know, we're not used to this in New York. But I do always feel like we have empathy when this happens in other places right now it's really bad in other states and in other cities so let's all just make sure we support each other right in this time all right so uh next up front page news will be telling you more about what's been happening with these heavy floods with this tropical storm and it's the breakfast club hey it's the breakfast club it's a Thursday, unprecedented things happening I'm Angela Yee Charlamagne and Envy are on their way into work they did say to stay off the road. I got up this morning and thought about going into work. And then I was watching the news and seeing all these cars that have been stuck places and all this flooding going on. And I said, you know what? Let's set up this equipment. So in New York and New Jersey, they have declared emergencies. At least nine people have been reported dead in record rains. 
According to New York Governor Kathy Hochul, she said, I'm declaring a state of emergency to help New Yorkers affected by tonight's storm. The New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio described the flooding and weather as a historic weather event. The National Weather Service issued a flash flood emergency in New York City. This is the first time in history that this has happened. At least one person was killed as the flooding was in New Jersey in Passaic. A new NBC New York reported one more person died in New Jersey and seven died in New York City, which included a two-year-old boy. According to local media, they reported that people had been trapped in their basements as the storm sent water surging throughout the city. So they had told people you had to stay off the streets. They said until 5 a.m., all non-emergency vehicles were banned from New York City streets because of the weather. They said, please let these emergency vehicles get through and be able to do their job and help people. Nearly all New York City subway lines were suspended late yesterday as the remnants of Ida brought torrential rain and the threat of flash floods and tornadoes even. So everybody, please, if you're out there, uh, be safe. Flights were suspended. I know some people who were on flights. I saw my girl Summer Walker was on a flight and she was waiting to take off. And then they ended up just just, uh, canceling the flight and rescheduling it for this morning. Now, four people that were killed in New York City uh, were trapped in their basement as the storm sent water rushing throughout the city. And really unfortunate situation. A 66-year-old man in Brooklyn was discovered dead in the basement of his apartment. This morning around 12.35 a.m., a woman in her 40s was found dead in her apartment on Grand Central Parkway as well. So Trenton police officers also have issued, but they were going door to door last night, checking on residents, encouraging people to leave their homes. But um, it's a mandatory evacuation in Trenton, New Jersey. So everybody, please, like I said, let's be safe, you guys. And um Also, let's talk about unvaccinated players for the Nets, the Knicks and the Warriors. They will not be allowed in their home arenas if they haven't received that vaccine. That's also due to local uh, regulations in New York and San Francisco. Unvaccinated players have been banned from entering their respective arenas and visiting players who aren't vaccinated, however, will be allowed to play. So for those visiting players, they don't face the same standards as home players. That doesn't make any sense to me because if the regulations are you can't come into these events without being vaccinated, I don't think other players should be allowed to do it if they're forcing the home staff to do it. But coaches and teams and the arena staff who interact with players and reps are also required to be vaccinated as well, as we've told you guys previously. I hear someone coming in. That be me. All right. Is well, this you? That you? is your. F- yeah, you hear me. What the hell, Envy? Envy's on. His- he's on his way in too. Um. How was it? How was it driving into work? Uh, I mean, I know, I know, we naturally syndicated, but I was fine leaving Jersey. It's when I got to New York uh, on the West Side Highway. I guess a a tree or something had fell, and I think it just fell because there was no like police or anything on the scene, and I just saw all the cars that were involved in the wreck because of the tree falling. So, I mean, yeah. yeah well, other than the West Side, it was cool. Yeah. Well, this has never happened before in New York City—a flash flood emergency warning. I so saw that. This is unprecedented our actual actually the juice bar uh that that we own is completely flooded in the basement wow like yeah it's bad the subways are are flooded they shut down the subway systems this has never happened here before i was outside like i don't recall it ever being this bad and my whole block was flooded it's dangerous for people whose cars are underneath the water so we'll see what the remnants of all this will be, even though it's not raining anymore right now. But that is your front page news. So right now you can get it off your chest. Call us up 800-585-1051. It is The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. 
your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yo, DJ Envy Angela Yee Charlemagne, the God. What's up, King? Ernest. I want to say shout out to y'all. Salute to DJ Envy because your birthday's tomorrow. My birthday's hey. tomorrow. So you know it's going to be lit. That's right. Also, shout out to my wife. She just started a, a cake business on the gram. Her page is called Golden Afternoon Bakery. And she's in Florida, and she's amazing. Y'all go check that out. Cakes. Golden right. Afternoon Bakery. Cakes, cakes, yeah, you got to you got to clarify that when you say your girl is on the gram selling cakes. You know what I mean? It's a strange world we oh, live no, in, sir. No, 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 Not those kind of cakes. Got you, cakes got you. Not cupcakes, sweet treats, and stuff like that. Not those kind of cakes. True, true, true. I appreciate y'all, though. Thank you, man. All right. All right, King. Hello, who's this? Hi, good morning. It's Royal from Brooklyn. How you guys doing? What hey, up? Royal, you said Loyal from Brooklyn. Yeah, Royal from Brooklyn. Oh, Royal, I'm sorry. What's up, man? Yeah, ain't nobody loyal <laughs> in Brooklyn, my bad. <laughs> That's crazy, but um, I'm having mixed emotions this morning because last night I have to witness almost everything I love and own go underwater. And right. um, it's crazy because I, I, I rent a room in a basement and I'm just literally sitting on my bed and I couldn't move. Mm-hmm. I really, really couldn't move. I couldn't get off my bed. I didn't want to step my foot in the water. Damn. I was leaves right. and dirt and stuff just rolling in my room. And I literally felt helpless. I did not know what to do. So the landlord lives oh. in Florida. So I have to call her. But she can't right. either. But she did send some people to come and help. And me and the girl next door, we did have to sweep up water, mop it up. And they had, like, a suction thing to pick up all the water. So eventually we got everything, like, done it's still some certain spots down in the basement that needs to be like cleaned out of course the water gonna get certain stuff moldy and murky so you definitely have to clean those things out but it was just mm-hmm. crazy i didn't know how it's a lot of work i just thought it was just gonna rain i did not know all of this was gonna happen i didn't know it was gonna be that bad either i yeah, don't I'm think nobody knew it was gonna be that bad i mean it, my it, whole block is flooded right now in brooklyn the juice bar where the juice bar is is completely flooded you saw what the train stations were looking like so yeah. and you know if you have a dehumidifier that'll help you too to get rid of all that moisture because you're right it will get moldy yeah i definitely definitely thought about investing in one regardless because i am in the basement but um, right. on the bright side, I am throwing my first event this weekend, so I'm excited about that. There you that. go. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I love the pivot. I love the pivot. Literally, literally last night, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this is just like the worst thing that can happen. But on Saturday, I did saw my own smoothie line, and I'm throwing my own sipping tank this Saturday. So Where at? Put out the information. Put the information out. Yes, I'm throwing it. It's going to be in Queens. It is a... Um, it's, 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 section off a certain amount of people so it's not like just a walk-in type of thing because i just want a certain amount of people because it's my first event so it is going to be kind of mm-hmm. small but my smoothie line is called red juice it's underscore red underscore juice and i sell healthy smoothies i do detox drinks protein shakes and in hope of having my own juice bar hopefully by next summer god willing and where's the I event at the tell summer. them where it's at in queens oh it's, it's in queens it's um 2200, oh, no, 220, 01, 135th Avenue, Lawrence Hill. Okay. And, um, and yeah, if you want to pop up and just, you know, do something, it's $25 ticket, though. It's what time? What time? What time? It starts at 5 p.m. All right. Good it's luck, Mama. 5 p.m. So thank you so much. You guys are great. I love you so much. Love. 
All righty. All right, we love her positive energy this morning. I love that pivot, you know what I mean? Because I walked in here and I saw it say apocalyptic scenes in New York City. And, you know, I heard her talking about the flooding in her basement, but then she pivoted to something positive because, you know, what she said was true. It's just like, that's not the worst that could happen. There's people in Louisiana right now that are really experiencing the worst that could happen. You know what I mean? So always know, regardless of what you're going through right now, there's always somebody out there, you know, that's going through worse. Yeah, our prayers for everybody out there. But there are people who have died here, too. Nine people have died. So, you know, it's not a comparison. I think of what's worse is just unfortunate for everybody. Catastrophic situations. 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. I'm I'm This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? This is George. Hey, George, what's up? Get it off your chest, bro. Hey, uh, is this Envy? Yes, sir. Hey, man, Virgo season, happy birthday, first thing, man. So I, I know your birthday is tomorrow. I'm September 13th, so just wanted to say that. Uh, also Thank you, wanted give, Also wanted to give a shout-out to my queen, Christina. We've been married in, like, 40-something days, October 15th. So got that coming up. And, uh, you know, thank y'all for being on the radio every day. I, I listen to y'all. I'm out here in Cali. And uh, just wanted to give y'all, y'all flowers. You know what I mean? Well, thank, thank you, so you brother. And happy birthday, brother. Hey, thank you. And what's up, Uncle Sharla? Yes, what's sir. Love y'all. What's um, up? Oh, I got one last thing. Envy, how are you the car guy and you can't change a tire, man? I know how to change a tire. I just Lincoln Tech actually taught me about a, a couple of months ago. I know how to change a tire now. Okay. All right. That's good stuff, man. Uh, love y'all. Have a blessed morning. <laughs> Righty, tidy, lefty, Lucy. I figured that out last a uh, couple months ago. Hey, you got it, bro. All right, man. Have a good one, man. All right. Take it easy. Hello. Uh, who's this? Hello. Uh, my name is Dominic, um, and I just really uh, wanted to talk about the treatment of black people um, in eastern North Carolina. I moved here a couple months ago from Charlotte, and it's been terrible. Like, I've been discriminated against. Like, I've been almost spit on. Like, it's crazy. Like, um, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. Like, and I know that uh, you guys are big on, like, entrepreneurs and, um, like, mental health, and I just really need some advice. Okay. You seem, you need some question? advice on, on what exactly? He's saying that they treat him a little um, crazy in the South. Like They're very it. racist, and he's coming he's coming from up top, and he just needs some advice because he's going through it. Well, I can recommend you a good a, a, a great book. You know, there's a book called um, My Grandmother's Hands by Resma Minikim, and, you know, he talks about exactly that. He talks about the trauma that, you know, black people have experienced because of racism in America. So, I mean, that's a start, and it's a lot of practices in the book that you can do at the end of each chapter, like breathing exercises and things like that to get you back to center. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I and I also want to thank you um, for your just uh, you like your honesty and your transparency with mental health because I, I suffer from um, uh, mental uh, illnesses myself. So I greatly appreciate that. And thank you for looking out for our uh, young black men and just our black men in general and our black people in general as well. Thank oh, you, King. Also, can I do one more thing? Can I shout out to my cleaning company? Can you guys please, 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 please give me a big follow on Instagram my cleaning company is A R R O W Cleaning, uh, Arrow Cleaning on Instagram. Please check me out. I'm in Eastern North Carolina. Um, anything you guys do for me will be a great help. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank right, you, bro. brother. Love you. Love you too. 
Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up. Now, we got rumors on the way, Yee? Yes, and we do have to send our condolences to Nene Leakes and to her family and her husband, Greg Leakes, and his family. He has unfortunately passed away, and we'll discuss. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Listen up. It's just in. All the guys. The Rumor Report. It's the Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Well, Nene Leakes has, her husband Greg Leakes has passed away. He was 66 years old. They've been married since 1997. He died of colon cancer. Wow. And she had previously explained that he was transitioning to the other side. Uh, Her publicist and family friend Ernest Dukes made the announcement today the Leakes family is in deep pain with a broken heart. After a long battle with cancer, Greg Leakes has passed away peacefully in his home, surrounded by all of his children, very close loved ones, and wife Nene Leakes. We ask that you pray for peace and strength over their family and allow them to mourn in private during this very difficult time. Man, sending uh, Nene Leakes and her whole family healing energy. Rest in peace to the brother Greg. I was just talking to a doctor about when to get a colonoscopy and she told me uh, 45. Used to be 50, but now it's 45. And if you have history in your family, they said even as early as 35. Yeah, condolences definitely to the family. They shared that he had been diagnosed with colon cancer back in 2018 and then he was in remission the following year. But unfortunately, that did not last long. And she revealed in June that the cancer had returned and that he had undergone surgery. She said on the Jasmine brand that it was, uh, he had gotten super small Damn. and that things have just been different. Mm. It's definitely sending him healing energy, man. Absolutely. Go, go, go get checked. If you're, if you're around that age where you need to go get a colonoscopy, uh, go get one. All right. Now dog, the bounty hunter has done an interview and he talked to entertainment tonight's Kevin Frazier. Some of the things that he discussed was, if you guys recall, there was video, there was audio taped a uh, phone call with his son where he was using the N word. He used it over six times during that call. It was made public in the National Enquirer back in 2007. And here's what he said about using the N word. I have never been a racist. I'm 33 and a half percent Apache, but because of <laughs> over 15 years ago, I have an Achilles heel because I used the wrong word. Why were you using that word so freely? Well, I thought I had a pass in the black tribe to use it, kind of like Eminem. Who gave you the pass? The brothers. Who were the brothers? I had just, you know, gotten out of prison in 1979 after spending time in 18 months in Texas, and it was probably three quarters from the black tribe. So that was a word that we used back and forth as maybe a compliment. He makes it seem like the brothers are like an administration. Like it's an administration of black people who make all the rules and codes of conduct for black people. The brothers. Well, here's why he really thought he was able to use that word. My pass expired for using it, but no one told me that. To say a racist name doesn't qualify to make you a racist. If you use that word and you use it in your regular everyday life, it makes you a racist. I have more black friends than Eminem. That is the proximity <laughs> argument. Like, I have lots of black friends, so that should make me okay with black people. Why keep throwing Eminem under the bus? Yes, yeah. Eminem, Eminem does not have a path to use the N-word. There is no white person who has a path to use the N-word in any context. But this is absolutely why we might have, we got to stop using this word. I'd be trying not to use it, you know what I mean? But I never use it as a term of endearment. It's a low vibrational word, and when I use it, it's in a negative context. All right. Now, he also had had accusations of being homophobic. And here's how he responds to those accusations. She's been fed what to say. I have three people that are on my staff that are gay men. Mm -hmm. My daughter's (laughs) gay, baby Lisa. 
I don't understand why anybody would ever say that. I hear what you're saying. But uh -huh. remember, proximity does not mean that you're not racist or homophobic. Would I die for a gay man or a black man? I'd lay down my life. I will lay down on my <laughs> stomach for a gay black man. Just, yeah, I mean. <laughs> he said Eminem, he heard Eminem say like a, it was a person he doesn't even know. <laughs> Sounds to me like Dog the Bounty Hunter might need to go back to rehab because he sounds like he's still on drugs, okay? But I'm sending him healing energy. Lord have you mercy. That was very dramatic. I would lay down my life. <laughs> I would lay down on my stomach for a gay black man. Listen, when, when he used the N-word originally, what context was it in? I don't. I, I remember this, but I never listened to it. He was on the phone with his son and they were having an argument and his son recorded it. You know, I guess. I mean, I can't see who else could have put it out. These people, kids. Crazy. He, he said it. he was he was speaking out of anger. And so I don't know. It was a it, it wasn't a good thing. These people, kids are crazy because he makes it sound like he's a he was saying it as a term of endearment. You know what no, I mean? But it's, it's, that's what I'm saying. So it sounds to me like he was saying it as a slur. Mm -hmm. And I do disagree with uh, uh, one of the brothers. Who was that? Kevin. That was Kevin Frazier, right? Yep. I, I disagree when he said that if you, you know, are white and you use that word, you know, uh, on, on a daily basis, you're a racist because you could just be a white person who thinks they're down and be using it, you know, as as as, as in the context that we uh, that a lot of brothers do, you know, who's the brothers? I don't know who the brothers are. As <laughs> <laughs> a term He's of giving endearment. out these passes. He didn't know his pass had expired. I don't know who gave me pass. This is hilarious. Right. You got to get that. Re it's like your passport. <laughs> oh my goodness alright and Joy Bayar has uh, said that what is the key to her being on the long running chat show The View for 23 seasons she's 78 years old she's only she's the only original member to have stayed on the talk show since it started back in 1997 and she talked to people about the show's legacy and how she kept her job all these years and she said it's by apologizing even when she doesn't mean it she said, I've had to apologize, which I'm happy to do in order to save mine and everybody else's job. I don't care. Even if real. I don't mean it, I'll do it. Even if I look like yeah. I'm in a hostage takeover, I'll still do it. Because if you don't do it, you lose your job and everybody else. Drop one of Clues Bomb for Joy Behar. I respect it. Man, I respect that level of honesty because they are because whenever somebody's under fire, like the, you know, the apology, you know, more times than not is probably not sincere. But even if it is, even if it is like halfway sincere, just do it if that's going to make the situation better. So you agree with us? Do it. Yes. <laughs> Me too. Because sometimes, sometimes uh, people offend folks, and they may feel like oh, I didn't, I didn't mean to offend it. It wasn't my intention to offend. Therefore, I don't did. have to apologize. But yo, you still offended, so apologize. That's what I think All she right, means. All right. Well, that that is your front page news. All right. I mean, your rumor report, sorry. You're all over the place. Huh? You should apologize. You apologize. You, apologize you're, you're for being wrong. Yeah, I'm sorry. My me. mom just sent me a text. She said they have three feet of water in the basement and the washing machine started floating. Wow. And everything is a ruin. Mm. Well, you got money. <laughs> daughter got it. Daughter got My it. My daughter got daughter it. Daughter got it. Okay. You I'm know sure what to do. Still Don't in, get I'm, quiet, I'm sure ye. she just still doesn't feel good about it. I feel bad. She said she was up building out water till 2 a.m. Damn. Mm -mm. I heard some boss talk the other day. I heard about you doing something else. You better spend that money on uh, cleaning your mama's basement. I always give my parents money. That's never an issue. There you go. All right. Ever. They were actually at my house yesterday. Period. All right. We got front page news coming up. What are we talking about? A man cut his penis off and threw it out of a car. What happened now? <laughs> we'll get to it next. We'll get to it next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. 
The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Yo, what up, y'all? It's DJ MV. Now, you like attention? Because you'll be getting all the looks with the new Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 3 5G or Z Flip 3 5G. One literally unfolds into a tablet and the other fits into your palm. Shop now at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. I just saw a rat getting his life on Instagram. He was swimming. This rat was swimming. Like he was backstroking and all types of crazy stuff. Yeah. If you see how the subways are flooded in New York, I can imagine a lot of those rats have, uh, I don't know, rats can swim that good. I, I didn't know say, what I would think they drown, but. <laughs> I had no idea. All right. Envy? I said, let's get into some front page news. You listen. Oh, <laughs> I didn't hear you. All right. Now, a 39-year-old man from Tennessee, Tyson Gilbert, has been apprehended by authorities. He cut off and tossed his penis during a police pursuit. They said he threw it out the window of his Honda Accord. He was trying to escape law enforcement. He was parked in the way of traffic on a highway, and then he sped off after authorities flagged him down. Uh, now, according to an officer, he said, "An officer, he said, when I pulled up behind him and turned my lights on, he took off and refused to stop. He was all over the road the whole time. He opened his door. He was naked and covered in bloody. Then shut his door and kept driving. They said they went through two counties, and at some point, that's when he cut his penis off and threw it out the window. Was the penis going to be used as evidence? Were they chasing him for a potential sexual assault or something like that? Like, what? What? What's the reasoning? He said he heard voices from his car radio that told him he had to do it in order to save the world." Oh, so he's clearly suffering from some type of mental illness. Clearly. Yes. Yeah. So that's that for the penis. So what did they do with a guy uh, like that? You don't take a brother like that to jail, right? Well, I don't know if he was a brother, but you don't take a guy like that to jail, right? You, she clearly should be in some type right, of... Right. They did confirm he's getting treatment for his wound and the investigation is ongoing, but he does also have some active warrants for some unspecified offenses. So um, they took him into custody and he's at the hospital. See, that's a strange one, right? Like, I feel like he should be in some type of psychiatric unit, right? Like, he should be getting... Yeah, he's in a, the hospital. Yeah, he's not in no jail. They can't put him in no jail. So he's in a mental hospital right now. He's probably well, I think right, right now, now getting, first, they're probably treating him. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. For, for that first. Healing has to and start somewhere, it, and it does. I, it does. It should start there. Yeah, yeah it yes. should. All right, and Amazon is looking to hire 55,000 people. The company said yesterday they're planning to do that around the world. About 40,000 of those roles will be in the U.S., and all the open roles are for tech and corporate positions. Amazing. And then separately, they're also hiring people to work in uh, warehouses to pack and ship online orders. So some other companies laid people off during the pandemic. Amazon's workforce has actually hired more people. Last year alone, they hired 500,000 people. Wow. Mm -hmm. By the way, and just another update on what's going on uh, in the New York City, New Jersey area. You know, they had everything uh, closed off until 5 a.m. They were asking people if you were not an emergency vehicle to not be on the roads. Right now, everything is... um, the rain has stopped, but there's still a lot of emergencies that are happening. At least so far, nine people have been reported dead in record rains. According to the mayor of New York City, this is a historic weather event. The National Weather Service did issue a flash flood emergency in New York City, and this was the first time this has ever happened. So there's been a lot of video that people have been posting showing flooding situations. Four people died after getting stuck in a basement during the flooding, mm-hmm. and this was in New York City and Queens. And so uh, we are just sending out our prayers to everybody who is dealing with this right now. I know in Louisiana and Mississippi, a lot of people are still dealing with uh, the effects of of Hurricane Ida. Right now, this is a, a, just a severe thunderstorm 
in New York City and New Jersey area. Yeah, it's the first, but it won't be the last because humans been knocking and the earth is bucking. Okay? Trust me. You'll see. Mm-mm-mm. All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Now, when we come back, actor and writer Malcolm Mays will be joining us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you He's probably fascinating. Know him from, yeah, you probably know him from Raising Canaan. He's been in Snowfall. He plays Lulu. Yeah, and a host of others. So we're going to talk to him when we come back. He's also the nephew of uh, Tuki, right? Tuki. Yeah, Tuki, he, who is the founder of The Crips. So we're going to talk to him when we come back. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got some special, well, we got a special guest in the building. He's a writer, an actor. We have Malcolm Mays in the building. Good morning. Good morning. How's Good it going? Bless you. Now, for most people that, that don't know who you are, right now you're currently in Raising Canaan. I am. Hey, could I ask you a special favor? You can. You sure. Um, I lost my godfather today. I'm supposed to be at his funeral. I came here to be with y'all instead because I mm-hmm. think that's what he would have wanted. His name was T. Rogers. Um, he started a, uh, a gang in Los Angeles called Black Peace Stones. Talk a little louder so they can hear you. Bad. Yeah, he started a gang in Los Angeles called Black Peace Stones, and then he became a, a gang activist later on in life. Mm-hmm. And without him, I probably wouldn't be here because he protected me and my family when we moved to that neighborhood. And I just wanted to take five seconds to, to honor him, if that's all right with y'all. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't believe that you're missing the funeral. I didn't want to. They told me I couldn't go. I had to go to work. And we still shooting right now. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I am so sorry to hear that. My no, condolences to your family. Honestly, it's a tough time. Oh, man, but he would have loved me being here. So, he loved y'all show, you know? Oh, well, that, that's what it is. Yeah. So, let's, well, of course, you're raising Canaan mm-hmm. right now. So, let's start, let's start from the beginning. Who is mm-hmm. Malcolm Mays? Where did Malcolm Mays come from? How did you get into this industry? How did you become an actor and a writer? You have so a let's very start from unique, the beginning. You have a very unique story. Damn, that's dense. Uh, this is, what time is it? Um, <laughs> I'm from Los Angeles, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was raised all over LA, uh, South Central's home. And uh, yeah, man, I guess, how did I get into this? My mother trying to keep me out of trouble. And her her ideal situation for me was to like be busy so I wouldn't notice what was happening. <laughs> and uh, so she just put me in a bunch of shit and I gravitated towards art. I played sports and all that too, so. Was, and people in the neighborhood were very supportive of you in this career, right? Oh yeah, that's like, man, Baldwin Village. Like even when I was like in Torrance, everywhere I moved in LA, honestly, everybody kind of looked out for me, like T especially. Um, they saw me and, you know, we'd be running around the hood doing what we doing. And they would, we, my big homies was healthy. Like they weren't toxic big homies. They was like, we, you won't run the fade if you're That's not in class. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. So we used to allow here, but they, there was a code and there was a structure in my hood. It's really different than any. Tell the story of you in class uh-huh. and you get a phone call. Oh, from John. Rest in peace. Damn, all the homies did. Um, John Singleton. What grade were you in? I was in 10th grade at Dorsey High School. You in homeroom class, your phone rings. DDP for life. Yeah, you my pick phone up the rings. phone, F your teacher, you pick up the phone. <laughs> Go ahead, man, now break it How down. How do y'all have the story? Yeah, so I was in class at Dorsey High School. It was one of the most notorious high schools in Los Angeles at the time. And um, so we we ran the classroom. Like, we didn't, teachers didn't do Um, So at some point, I got a phone call. So I, I picked up the phone call in The teacher's teaching during class. <laughs> you like, teacher, hold on. Hold on, it's just my, hold on. It's public school. Are they teaching? I'm just kidding. All right. No, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, they were, actually, I love my school. But um, <laughs> I picked up because, you know, um, I was, Larger than life at that point. So did you point. tell the teacher hold on when you picked yeah, up the I did. phone? Yeah, well, I I told him hold on when he tried because our teachers were hood too. So they was like, he was like, get off the phone. I was like, hold on, this is this is this might be really important because at the time I was working at Sony Pictures and doing a bunch of while living in the hood. So I picked up the phone and it was like, hey man, this is John. I'm like, I'm in class. Stop playing with me. I thought it was my cousin because um, because he would call and fuck with me. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, man, get off my phone, peace. So I hung up. So you hung up on John Singleton. On man. John Singleton <laughs> at 16 years old in the middle of the homeroom. And then he called back again. And he's like, this is John Singleton, and I'll fight you too. 
He's like, he's like, stay on the phone. Stop playing with me. And I was like, I'm sorry, Mr. Singleton. I, uh, I didn't realize it was you, my cousin. He's like, he's like, look, I want you to come meet me at a Skirball Museum and watch a film, bring your family, whatever, because I, you know, I'm interested in meeting you. How did he get introduced to you? How did he know who you are? And, and um, how did he make that phone call? What, 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 what impression did, did you leave out there that made him want to call? Uh, actually, it was this old white dude named Gary Martin, and so he's kind of like the secret third boss of the whole Sony Pictures. And I was working at Sony Pictures at the time. What were you doing at Sony Pictures? Working under the head of physical production. At was 15. it interning or was they paying or? No, they was paying. <laughs> I, I, was, I had a full check. Like a full check. I started off interning for someone else, um, and then he ended up catching me. Um, Gary. All this at tenth grade, before tenth grade. That happened in ninth grade, but yeah. that's crazy. Because... Yeah, it was wild. Um, so yeah, I would take the bus from the hood all the way back to Culver City on Down Jeff, Down Jefferson. Shout out to LA. And um, so he he put John on. Like he put like I remember when John first had his first movie, he gave John his first offices at Sony Pictures in Columbia TriStar Building. So he was like, "You remind me of somebody." And I was like, who? He's like, I'm going to introduce you to him one day. Don't trip. And he didn't tell me that it was John Singleton. So one day, he he kept he kept bugging John. John would be like, nah, nah, f*** the kid. Nobody's me because John's ego was massive, and, as it should have been. And one day, I got into the New York Times. I was from the New York Times. He was like, oh, I better talk to this kid for this shit. Blow up and then hate on me. <laughs> so he called, and um, that's how we connected. It was because wow. of Gary Martin. Shout out to him. Isn't wow. it amazing how when you're young, you can be so fearless about things? Oh, yeah. Because people will tell you there's like a certain method and a way that you have to get to a position. But for you, you were young just thinking like, I'm going to write this movie and, and... It's the luxury of ignorance, right? Like, you you, you, you superhuman. Like, especially where I was from, like, I was dying since I was 13. So, like, that's death. Once, once, the, once, the, once the most extreme thing that can happen to you is your friend dying in your arms at 11 years old, then everything else becomes like Hollywood, movies... I don't give a f about Reese Witherspoon. As talented as she is, she's a human being. I just like your movies. Like, I just f with your shit. Like, and I think people kind of attract to that. I mean, that's probably why people f with y'all. It's probably why it's an institution, because it's just regular. You feel me? And it's an extraordinary circumstance with ordinary people. You feel me? Like, so. you said at age 11, a friend died in your arms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a homeboy get shot right in front of me. What happened? And the reason I ask is because it's, it's like, for most people, when they hear LA, all they think of is boys in the hood, yeah. poetic justice. And there's so much gang violence. How were you able to stay out of that gang mentality and that gang? Oh, my family, dog. I, I, I come from a traditionalist Southern family. Um, my family, interestingly enough, is is it's a strange situation because my uncle Stanley Tookie Williams. So we the the origination, the Audubon Gorge of modern day gangbanging came from from him and a man named uh, Raymond Washington. So people think that my family's this ghetto hood ass family, but in, in real life, like my grandmother's a Southern Baptist. She's a Bible thumper. My mama is an educated woman. Like she was the first to get her masters and all that other. Shit. We just happened to grow up in a situation where we there were dire straits at some point. Mm -hmm. um, I think up to eight we was like heading towards like middle class and, shit, and it was cool. My pops was around and then shit took a left. My mother and my grandmother are everything, bro. They the reason because they never let my circumstance and our externals dictate our internal. I didn't even know I was broke until I went to school with white kid. Like, like I had no idea. Like my mama tricked me into thinking Barnes and Noble was the, was the spot. My like that was getting a new book. Yo, you popping? Like she tricked me. Like we we were always in a in like a black neighborhood, like mm -hmm. West Adams District. And then things changed, and so I wasn't going to an integrated school anymore. I was going to the hood school that all my homies had already been going to since they was kids. But I had the foundation of like a, an education from a higher tax bracket, so I was still a hood. But like my how to learn, I had learned and from a very expensive place. So I had that with me and it, and it showed me very early on that like, oh, I was privileged. You know, my mother sacrificed a lot. Like she could have been corporate. I could have probably, we probably could have had a better financial situation, but she chose to have jobs that were closer to me because she realized 
the influence that my neighborhood was having on me. So she was like, nah, I'm going to give him my personal life. You feel me? Like, Was your father still active even after they separated? You know, that's my dog. Yeah, like, well, I don't even know if they, like, they are weird. You know, I'm putting their business out there, but yeah, they kind of, they still date to this day. That's what I say. <laughs> like, They're like, we not yeah. married no more. But right. And, but he was, there was a moment. These parents are the same way. My parents are divorced, they're but divorced, they still but live, they live together. Each other. Yo, it's look. It's the weirdest thing ever. I'm paying for this shit. <laughs> 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 like, look, I don't know if it doesn't get awkward because you'd be like, my daddy ain't shit, but he's a good shit. Like, but like as a, as a relationship, I'm like, mama, what the fuck is you doing? It just dip right. for a few little bit, of, you know. But he, but he's, but one thing I will say about my pops, you know, you know, because I know I dog that a lot because of certain things that happen between us. But like, when you a child, that ain't your business. Your parents' situation ain't your business. Like, I'm a big, uh, a big advocate of mind your shit. And even when he kind of like, he had his little moment where he had to go, what I'll call it is he had a um, sabbatical. You had to sit down. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I had, I was kind of out here by myself for a little bit. It was a necessary thing because it made me, it's it, all those things that may have been toxic to some people in this modern day, because, you know, masculinity is going through a transformation. Those are the very things that kept me safe. Um, now I'm learning that those tools maybe don't work now when you're in a relationship with a woman now and you're trying to be communicative and, shit and, and you don't to have protect to protect yourself. Yeah, and... protect yourself, protect her. And maybe you don't need to be out here like pressing every line, you feel me? Um, mm -hmm. Which is, is an everyday process for me. But those are still very valuable tools and I appreciate him for that. And I bet you could really tap into that when it comes to the roles you've been playing too. Oh man, let me tell you. Yeah, it's different. Like snowfall. Mm -hmm. and... <laughs> it's so funny. I feel like I keep playing bitch ass <laughs> I, I, be like, I really do I'll be feeling like damn when am I gonna play somebody who real like I like them I like them as people but they not solid like that they too emotional alright we got more with Malcolm A's when we come back don't move it's the breakfast club good morning angry morning everybody it's DJ Envy Angela Yee Charlamagne the guy we are the breakfast club we're still kicking it with Malcolm Mays writer and actor now, how did you get into Raising Canaan? Before that was Snowfall. Oh, it. Snowfall was the thing. Yeah, Snowfall, Snowfall first. Yeah. Uh, Snowfall was, oh, me and Johnny got into it when I was like 18, so we didn't speak for like two or three years. You and who? Me you and John. Why did y'all get into it? Because at the time, you know, I have daddy issues. He had son issues. And we connected. Like, I was the son. He, he kind of like, he wanted, like, he looked at me like a son figure. And at the time, I think he was getting into it with his son, which, by the way, his son's an awesome person. Um, and my pops. We had our issues, so we kind of like. He was like a father figure to you. He was, period. And I never told him that, which really sucks, but it was what it was. And he thought he could tell me what to do, but I was already a fully developed human being by sixteen. We had already been through war, so I was like, I want to study economics. I'm already at like my film school that he he had, he had petitioned for me to go to USC film school, and um, which is a big deal. Like John Singleton right. takes you up to meet Elizabeth Dean Daly, like, <laughs> and I was kind of like, I don't want to take no film courses. The screenwriter in 101, I've already been to Telluride. I've already like written, like I've cut the checks of some of my screenwriting teachers. I'm the one arbitrating the checks. Uh. <laughs> like I've already seen Lenote. I've already seen, you know, I've already, I know Fellini. I know all this. And these kids just getting here because they Steven Spielberg cousin. Like I don't want to be here. I don't like these. I don't kick it with these. I don't, what am I doing here? I want to study some shit I don't know. I go over to the Marshall School of Business and survey like the economics classes. And I was like, oh, business. Like this makes more sense for me because I know this other shit. I don't know this. I don't know why we don't have access to resources. Why are we not behind the right. camera? Smart. Why? You feel me? Mm -hmm. And But John is like, I didn't raise all this money for you to go to business school. <laughs> I did this for you to go to film school because that's how he did it. And so we used to butt heads, but he was really a hood. So like, we got physical about it. Like, like, cause like you ain't my dad. Move some furniture around. Right, we moved some furniture around. But it was around. all with the best intentions. Yeah, he loved crazy. me. He loved me. 
We ain't go. Come on, Envy. That man's not here. John one then. Go ahead. That's the story we sticking with. John you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. John one. <laughs> but yeah. And at the end of the day, we got into it. So there was a two year gap. So I was just out here still building, doing. Shit. And Kim Harden, who's his like long term casting director, got wind of me. She didn't know that I knew John. She was like, you know, there's this this show. Um, she didn't want to meet me, but when she did, she was like, I think you'd be perfect for the lead of the show. I'm like, what show? She's like, it's about LA, Snowfall, whoop, whoop. I was like, oh, for sure. And I was fresh out of doing a little bit or whatever. Like, so. Did you was fresh out of doing a bit? I got, I went to jail for a little bit. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The point is I got out and <laughs> I should not have said how, how that. How much time? I'm just curious. No, no, no. I didn't get charged. Okay, good. Like, well, technically, because you know how it is, you got to get indicted. But like in LA, if you ain't got no bail money, like you sitting down. You sitting down. Right. So I sat down. And I came, I, I ended up coming home and I did end up being my shit. That is not what we're talking about. So, okay, go ahead. so I came home, I was kind of like looking a little, you know. You need, you need to write a movie on your on your life too. Where, nah, like, man, like, somebody else got to do that. Like, <laughs> go ahead. The, the focus is I was, I was really, really still kind of there. And she was like, oh my God, like, you know, you're really talented and you lived it. I think this, this show would be perfect for you. And you it was know. never your intent to act. No, I always wanted to be an art. Right. Always. Like, always wanted to do art. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew I was like, like, I just like doing it. Mm -hmm. um, but I, yeah, acting was always on, on the table. Um, so I was doing, I actually been in Southpaw before Snowfall. So I was with, with Forrest Whitaker and like all these mm -hmm. big actors. Um, so she had seen me in that. She was like, okay, I'll meet with him. Met with her. She's like, this is perfect for you. This, this show. It's John Singleton. I was like, oh, shit. But I didn't want to tell her that like me and him had got into <laughs> it because we had spoken. And she had started to really f with me. So I was like, I'm going to just go to audition and do what I do. But like I told you, I had been in for a second, so I was looking like different. You know, he had known me as a little boy. So when we were in the elevator, and, no, and people don't know this, but John like had a little eyesight issue sometimes. So we were sitting in the elevator going down to the audition. He didn't even recognize it was me. He's like, oh, you going to the audition? I was like, yeah. He's like, good luck, man. And he walked out the elevator. I'm like, this nigga did not realize it was me. I get in the audition. I do the audition. There's like six people in there. And um, I was originally reading for Franklin. And was crying in the audition, all types of shit. And midway through my audition, through the tape, he takes his glasses off and he goes, Malcolm, <laughs> it is my son. You so fucking good. I didn't know you was this good. Like he go, he's such a real person. He literally in the middle of the audition goes up, and Kim Harden's like, "What the fuck is going on?" And so immediately, so they really thought it was something. Like you got another son because <laughs> he got didn't seven kids. Him at first. He got seven <laughs> kids <laughs> between him, Eddie Griffin, and Nick Cannon. Um, <laughs> no, but like they really. They, they, he was like really like excited because it was a great audition and so he really got excited so that's how you know I ended up you know mm -hmm. kind of continuing that process now what about Raising Canaan how, how'd you get there uh, who reached out uh, nobody actually I just like honestly I didn't want to do this why not I ain't power at first really like, yeah 50's really annoying sometimes like blood is a good <laughs> like he really a good but like he just kind of like annoying so when we were shooting southpaw it was his first power was just about to premiere mm -hmm. so he was like treating it like he treats branson cognac right now like he like you see you see power yet it comes out tonight it's coming out tonight so everybody you're watching in the hotels if you don't got the hotel i'll get you the subscription he's pressing you and i remember sitting up in a hotel first five minutes i was like oh no, these kids don't look like these parents and killing somebody in the back of the club, live club. This don't make no sense to me. I'm a real street. I'm like, this doesn't add up. I'm good, right? So the, the next morning, he presses me. We on set. He's like, you watch Power? I'm like, yeah, I've seen it. He's like, what you think? I'm like, I ain't get through the first five minutes. Come mm -hmm. in. I want you to know he talking like 50 right now. He's like, he's like, come in. I was like, come in. He travels with a whole bus. So not just the trailer. He has a whole bus that has a whole studio. He forced me to watch the first episode of Power. Mm -hmm. And next to him, and I was just sitting there like, I do not like this. Shit. It is soap opera. -y. But I know 
is gonna like it because my grandma used to love stories and this basically was stories with drugs and sex which is brilliant on right. behalf of uh of courtney like this is a nighttime so we're violence mm -hmm. so i knew it was gonna work but he's like what do you think i said this ain't my personal shit. he's like it's gonna work and he was adamant about it. he's like it's gonna work he was right he was correct that's 50b <laughs> and um so i never really like kept up with it i didn't stay on it it wasn't my vibe and they told me that they was doing this this third one you know and, and i was like i don't know like i kind of want to do like weird shit, you know i'm a, i want to be with denise villeneuve and shit. i want to mm -hmm. do doom that's what i want to do and they're like you just got with your agency man just kind of like you know give them a bone go there so I, i'm not auditioning five times i'll do one and if they with me they do if they don't they don't i went did one audition and everybody else there was was on a like second third fourth fifth audition i did one in a room full of like five six people and before i even got off the lot they was calling like is he available can he do this and I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I got to see the script. Who in it? And the showrunner, Sasha Penn, to his credit, called me. He didn't have to. He called me and said, this is not going to be like the other powers. This is going to be a little different. Right. Mm -hmm. I said, what you mean different? He said, who are your favorite filmmakers? I said, oh, like Francis Ford Coppola, Tarkovsky, shit like that. And he's like, well, this is going to be the Black Godfather. And I said, okay, well, who in it? <laughs> He like Patina Miller. I was like, oh, I'm in. Mm -hmm. I'm in. Yeah, Patina who? She does great. Mm -hmm. Patina who? Because I, you know, I used to come to New York with my homeboy Tristan, and he would take me to like Broadway and shit. So I, went, I saw Patina Miller on Broadway, mm -hmm. and I was like, this woman is amazing. And to, now she gonna tell. I'm like, oh, this going this got to be different if she doing it. And then I said, but I need, I have one thing, though, one request, which you know, power don't give. A I was like, I'm not doing it unless I can read a script. It's in New York. My mother, and my grandmother are like, L.A. I'm the only patriarch. I'm the patriarch of my family currently. So. I can't be away from them like that. Like, there's only me and my family. It's mostly a matriarch. So I take care of everybody. I don't want to be away from them. So if I'm going to New York, I need to make sure I can be able to get them out there. I need some tickets for them to be able to come or me to come back. And I need to be able to read the first pilot. I thought they was going to be like, Fuck you. They let me read it. They let me read it. I'm just trying to make reasons not to go, right? I'm like, and I want I want Pellegrino every day on set. Pellegrino every set. I want champagne. You know what I mean? You know, you don't ask, you don't get. Did you... Um, read for the character Lulu. Was that the character? That's the, yeah, that's the only okay. thing. I did one audition. It's the first time in my life. Mm -hmm. Usually, like, I've auditioned 16 times. Even for Snowfall. So what's your relationship with Fifth now? Fifth? That nigga called me, bugging me yesterday. Like, not yesterday. <laughs> uh, like, last week. I, I f***ed up and done some shit. I had no business. I can't speak on it on here, but I did some bullshit. He called me and talked to me for five hours, telling me I was... But then he'll, he'll, <laughs> he'll berate you, but then he'll go into, like, inspirational... Like, he like an old man sometimes. Like, he'll talk about a whole swath of shit. You be like, God damn. Bro, it goes everywhere is... with Fib. You be like, right. yeah. And you learned it too. You be like, Absolutely. damn, that's, that's interesting, but I gotta use the restroom. I gotta, I'm hungry. <laughs> the fuck is going on? Yeah, but he, yeah, he's, Fifth is cool, man. He, Fifth pulls up when he pull up. When he shows up, he's all the way there. When he not, he a ghost. Mm -hmm. No pun intended. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with writer and actor Malcolm Mays. Yee? Now you've also been writing even more. And you're so you're doing a New Jack City sequel? Yeah, man. I wish your boy Charlemagne was here. I was gonna press his line. Why? Because I got beef with that Why? Man. We all do, but why? why? <laughs> <laughs> I got beef with, 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 with bruh. Um I think he donkey of the day the remake announcement for New Jack City 2. Mm -hmm. I got the New Jack City 2 thing. I was like in my early twenties, one of my biggest screen screenwriting, you know, announcements. Like I'm a young from the city and they gave me New Jack City, you know what I'm saying? But he kept on purporting that it was a remake and he was giving it the blues. And I was like, blood, stop saying that. It's a sequel. Right. So I'm here today to tell everybody who gave me a hard time 
It's not a remake. It is a sequel. I do va- vaguely remember him talking about that. that right. yeah. So mm-hmm. it's set today in modern day. Yes, yeah, a modern day. Like mm-hmm. I wrote the lead part for Zendaya and shit. Like it was, it's lit. What's the premise of it? Mm-hmm. You talk, if you, you good, if you good, if you good, if you gonna give me fire, nigga. Give us a little nigga. bit. A little I already bit. wrote it, so it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> but if we talk, hey, if Warner's calls me, whatever, what they gonna do? Sue me. I'm with you. So the way I said it is that it's it's the appropriate amount of time after it's now. It's now and after you see where everybody has what's kind of happened to everybody through the lens of a new set of characters and you, you it starts with with um i'll put it like this oh this is the tagline that i used to use he's like he says nino was trying to new jack a city mm-hmm. i'm trying to trap the world and it takes place with like international like russia south of france i put people of color internationally mm-hmm. trading so drug dealing more than just drug dealing it's like drug dealing how how so white people oh i get it okay. you feel, you feel yeah, what i'm saying like and i'm not based in new york anymore huh? it is oh it is because there's a lot of venture capital in new york right i mean and these health industries are are funded and why do, do we play to those other characters that were there before mm-hmm. everybody ba- I your... bought, I bought, no well he blood gone but he in there some he's in there in a way mm-hmm. um i put everybody back I brought everybody back just because I wanted to meet everybody. Now, what about Christopher Williams? Because I'll be doing my light skin brothers dirty now. Yeah, I'll be doing the that. But Chris, because Chris was a Chris was a snitch ass. He's a banker. He was a snitch ass. Light skin dude in there that that's good. G money. Somebody, somebody <laughs> light skin got to do good. Cause I did my light skin brother. Well, the lead, the lead is light skin. It's uh, this is what I give you, and the I'm not supposed to. The lead is light skin. The lead is light skin. The lead is a light skin woman. You got one, Envy. I got one. <laughs> we back. Is I wrote I wrote it was Zendaya and mine. So it's Ice T's daughter is the lead. Go. Okay. Oh wow, really? So, mm-hmm. And she's a federal wait, agent. So that's Zendaya. There's Zendaya. I, I did. I wanted if you hear this, Z, you're please, talented. Like, young lady. <laughs> and we want you to be that. Were you, but were you a New Jack City fan? Did you like if we, you, like it's, here's the thing about New Jack City. When you grow up, it's the greatest thing on the planet. You're watching it, you're like, this is crazy. I it just is. watched it like last week. And you like oddly enough. And you like, I wanna kill you so bad my dick is hard. What the f- was this? <laughs> it's like when you re-listen to Biggie talking about like you so fine, I, you suck, I suck your daddy. He like, what is going on? With the, before, but then when you think about it, you'd be like, what's up? With, it's I mean, different. It's I mean, different when you look at it now. Because right. and not even because you know if that's what you want to do, that's your vibe. I ain't tripping. You know, I support everybody. My homies is all that. But the the toxic like the level of homo phobia that was in hip hop culture was wow ha- was wild. So to have so many homo erotic comments <laughs> in in hip hop staples is so like backwards to me because I'm like. Why you? Why you already wanted to kill this? N-? It's a gun. It's phallic. It already looked like a. N-. Like what's going on? Right, you know. Right, right, right. But it was it, when you look back at the movie. Yes, certain things do not hold. But at, overall, as the, an experience, premise, yeah. He he did something that was revolutionary. Shout out to f- Mario. He directed an episode of Power mm-hmm. that is actually like my favorite episode right now. Like two, eight, and ten are like the best episodes to me. Mm-hmm. And he directed episode two, Mario Van Peebles, and we brought him back. So and he, there was a New Jack City reference. And I had to tell him I was I was writing New Jack City too, and he was so like loving and supportive, and he's such a good director. He's such a good like giving dude. I can't wait to see. I you know yeah. the only thing with the sequels mm-hmm. is like, and no disrespect to anybody, <laughs> I'm a you know, huge respect. coming to America fan, right? Get that weak, bro. On my mama, Eddie's a Eddie's <laughs> a legend. Mama, I told Eddie, you. Eddie's a legend. He's Eddie's a legend. a legend. Look, I love Kenya, so no disrespect. I, with you. I love Eddie. I love everybody in there. It's black. It's black. Wesley was in there. It's dope. But my thing is, is like there was such a high bar. And if we gonna pretend like we hit it, like, nah, bro, I'm not doing that. Shit didn't hit what it did. I watched it five times because okay, I support everything support black. It, right? Yeah, I'ma still go, I'ma still go pay. Did it get better like by the fifth time for you? <laughs> All I'ma say is I like working my 
and I ain't that n- yet. So like a lot of things I can't say because I want to. It's not about me. Like I right. take care of other people. If it right, was just right, me, right. I wouldn't give a. F- Honestly, I probably will still say this sh- anyway. But that's but as much sh- as people talk about sequels, it's like yeah. y'all watch, y'all consume it. If y'all would go consume, if the public would choose something else, and if they were promoted something else, of course, it's not fully their fault. Then they would. The industry now it's not about racism it's classism mm-hmm. it's the dollar so if y'all go invest in something else they gonna go do that mm-hmm. if y'all don't want to see sequels no more don't go we didn't even get to talk about raising canaan enough because you know i oh watched all, first of all i'm mad that you didn't like power at first because you know i watched all of them the right. all of that Sorry. but but i appreciate that you you know have joined the cast i don't know how much i haven't seen the past two episodes yet what are you doing you tripping have I've you, you haven't seen at, five I've been working a lot. I saw I one, two, three. Yeah, I got to get back on. I'm on the This weekend, I'm back on. That's why I want to ask you. I'm like, are you still going to be doing what you're doing still? But well, you I need to w- watch me. five. Watch right. five. Y'all have to watch five. And then keep watching until eight. And then you're going to want to ten. It's, gonna, it's just, it's crazy. You know? I hope you last longer than you did on Snowfall. Man, man I hope so too. And by the way, <laughs> let me also say this about power. And this is real shit. When I had to go revisit power because I was on the show, I like, I was like, oh, damn, I have to sit through all these Who's your daddy? Type like, oh, somebody's a dad. Somebody's a, like, <laughs> like you know. And I said, by by second season, no, actually by third season, I found myself getting emotional watching this mm-hmm. with between Angela and uh, it goes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I found myself getting emotional. I was like, what the f- is going on? Like, <laughs> why is this sh- affecting me? And that's when I noticed the brilliant. I realized, and I have to acknowledge the brilliance of Courtney Kent because Absolutely. the plotting mm-hmm. is so well done. Even the first, like, the plotting is excellent. You feel me? And I was like. Oh, she know how to keep you on the hook. Like you keep going, and then you, by the time you realize, oh, shit, I'm You're involved. Invested. Yeah, like I'm invested. Because in like, the truth is, it's a world where you don't know who you can trust. Hell yeah, you can't even and trust your own child. I was or pe- your own parents. Yo, t- explain that to me. Like, like, how the f- did we end up with like, like this is this is the thing that f- me up because I I wasn't in it when everybody was in it. I I wasn't a part of everybody loving it. So now on the back end, I'm looking at it like. Ghost just didn't want to sell drugs. Like, that's it. Right. This whole show is about... I just want to go legit. Because that's the goal, I think, when you are a drug dealer, you want to eventually take that money and go legit and not have to sell drugs anymore. Well, how much money did they make? They had a... It was in what was it? What was it? They had a big ass fucking. Big ass but club, big but ass there was just too many reasons why he couldn't get out. They would not let him. I was like, but it was so he much. He wanted mo- to. He could have. I never knew how much money they made. And then he wanted to become a politician. But I'm like, let this man. Like he literally told her, and everybody be on his head. Like, oh, and look, bro, is we like he like goes be doing such. Shit. Let's just call it what it is. <laughs> be doing such. Shit. But there was a moment where he was just like, I remember before he started fucking Angela. Before he came to his wife, like love, like I don't want to do this no more. And she was like, right. <laughs> Shut up. Go get them drugs. And he was like, let's change your shoes. Like, that's what happened. Like, he was like, like, like that. he was like, and he, and then well, he shouldn't have killed the driver then because then his wife would have been occupied. <laughs> that's so toxic. First of all, <laughs> wasn't she mad? That's how you got out of it. Look, look, look. And I'm not bashing nobody. But Let the reality is before he even started fucking old girl, she was already jacking off in the car to the driver. She was already <laughs> masturbating in the car. For, she saw him talking to someone and she was like, I'm busting it open. <laughs> and I was like, this show is toxic. Y'all toxic as f-. But as we know, real life is toxic. Oh, my right. God. <laughs> this your show, huh? I, I'm just saying. Oh, well, it's my parking. Well, Malcolm, parking. we appreciate <laughs> you for joining us, man. <laughs> and uh, you're always Look invited up here, man. Malcolm May, actor. And I do have to say, we do appreciate you. I know yes. it's a difficult time. But the fact that you still came up here 
and you know did such an amazing interview and that we are going to have you back as oh, for everything that you have going on but we appreciate that man i appreciate y'all man you know shout out to t rogers shout out to the family love y'all man appreciate y'all now the reason i want you back is i really want to see you you and uh, charlamagne move some furniture over there because you said oh you yeah nah, time, so. <laughs> nah, it was he gonna press you <laughs> <laughs> nah he cool though man he it's know my glasses he's good person it's malcolm mays it's the breakfast club good morning this is the rumor report with angela yee <laughs> Well, it's just uh, a day into, well, tonight, I guess, Certified Lover Boy is coming out. And Drake has been using nationwide billboards to reveal some of the people who are on his album. Now, I saw some of these billboards and people posting them on social media. Hey, New York, the goat is on CLB. Certified Lover Boy. Hey, Chicago, Smirk is on CLB. Hey, California, uh, Giveon and Ty Dollar are on CLB. Hey, Memphis, Yabba and Project Pat are on CLB. That's hey, the Houston, one. the hometown hero, is on CLB. Yabba that's and Project one. Pat, that's the one. That's the one I can't wait to hear. Drop on the clues bombs for that collab. I don't know if that's the same song or what, but no, man. No, I think he's just in, in different where people are from. He's putting up billboards oh, I know. if you're from there. But yeah, I'm talking so about I don't know that they're on the same song. No. But if they are, man, even if they, oh, my God. You ever in Project Pat with Drake? Oh, my God. Hey, Atlanta Slime, Pluto Savage, and Baby are on Certified Lover Boy. So looks like there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of guest appearances. But it should be exciting. And I know we're all excited to hear what that sounds like. So I love what uh, I wonder how this uh, is going to go down. Yeah, I love what Drake and Kanye are doing as far as their rollouts. You know what I mean? Rollouts still matter. Corporations just have to stop being cheap and spend those budgets on the marketing. But I, I love seeing it. I thought J. Cole had a great rollout earlier this year. But what Ye and Drake are doing right now should make these labels understand that you need budgets and marketing outside of throwing a couple dollars to the Internet. Also, I got to say, Drake has one up Kanye, too, with those billboards as well, because Kanye had a uh, he had a very feature heavy album, too. And he didn't put billboards in those artist cities <laughs> saying now, they Kanye on the album just like started, Drake is. Kanye just started to flood Toronto with Donda billboards as well. Yeah, so. I seen that. I seen that yesterday. <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but I will say this. Uh, you know, Kanye did do those three big events and broke all kinds of streaming services before putting the um, actual album out. You stop. So, Drake, Drake is going to break every single screaming record possible. That, that, whatever. But we were just talking about rollout. That was a good rollout strategy. I just gave him props for it. That's why I said mm -hmm. I like Drake and Kanye's rollouts. Now, Lil Wayne recently did a, a Q&A on Twitter. He said that he was only going to be answering questions about his uh, his new album, uh, Carter 4, and he put hashtag Ask Wayne. And one person actually asked him about uh, having to go back and change his verses. Do you ever get a verse from someone that's so hot you go back and adjust yours? If so, can you name a few people? Everything Drake sent back, I always have to go back and read. And it's never because it's, I mean, it's, it's, obviously it's always too hot, but it's always because he says something in, in there that make you be like, I, that make me be like, ooh, I could make more of the song and capitalize more of the song off of something that he just said and that I didn't say. And so Drake is always so yes, I have changed my verse a billion times because of Drake. And that's always the person. All right. So that was his answer. <laughs> that's another great part of the rollout. Even though that's the organic part of it. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's still another great part. There's nothing when, when people say he had to change his verse. I don't think I, there's ever anything wrong with it. You, you, you no. want to make the song better. That's the whole point. Yeah. Still, uh, uh, iron sharpens iron. Steel sharpens steel. Whatever the quote is. 
Something sharper. Something. All right, little bit. Mm-hmm. Little baby and Jack Boy are teaming up to help build a hospital in Haiti. Now, in a recent Instagram story, Jack Boy described what he was seeing when he visited Haiti after the earthquake. He said there were several patients at a hospital that were forced to sleep outside because of lack of space. And so he wanted to help and he donated a hundred thousand dollars. And he said, uh, he posted, I just walked through a hospital in Haiti and all the patients sleeping outside. I personally handed every single last one of them an envelope full of money. But for real, I feel like that ain't enough. Who want to go half with me and get a hospital built? It's not really that much, especially if we're using dollars. Mm. And him and little baby had a conversation. And I guess that's the plan. Now, little, little baby responded to that plan of action. He DM'd Jack Boy about building something special. And now that's going to happen. So... That's dope. And Future's That's also dope. doing that concert with Free Wishes Foundation, uh, the Free Wishes Foundation in partnership with Direct Relief, which is also going to aid uh, a benefit concert to raise money for the relief effort in Haiti as well. Dope. I love to see people doing positive things and being inspired. All right. And that is your rumor reports. All right. Charlamagne, who are you giving that down to? I think we need Dog the Bounty Hunter to come to the front of the congregation. We like to have a word with him. I think this could be a teachable moment, right? Even mm-hmm. though we keep teaching the same lesson over and over, but hey. Well, you his brother. We'll get into it next. I'm not his brother. <laughs> okay, I'm not one of the brothers one that of brothers. he refers to. No, she's right. one of the brothers. All right. All right, well, so we'll get to that next at The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Angela Yee here. And did you know that the general insurance has been saving people money for nearly 60 years? Take a closer look at the general and see how they can help you save too. Call 800-GENERAL or go to thegeneral.com. Some restrictions apply. Crossing the line today. Don't be out here acting like a donkey. Hee-haw, bitch. Hee-haw. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Mm-hmm. I'm a big boy. I can take it. If he feel I deserve it, ain't no big deal. I know Charlamagne guy gonna have some funny sweet <laughs> say out of his mouth. Just because I say something you may not agree with doesn't mean I'm mean. Who's getting that donkey? That donkey. That don't, 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 don't. Donkey of the Day right there. <laughs> the the <sighs> breakfast club, bitches. You can call me the donkey of the day, but like... I mean no harm. Ah, we're back in class teaching the same old lessons. Donkey of the day for Thursday, September 2nd goes to Dog the Bounty Hunter. Now, Dog the Bounty Hunter sat down with one of the brothers, okay, Entertainment Tonight's Kevin Frazier, to address allegations that he is racist and homophobic because back in 2007, he used the N-word during a tape phone call with his son. Now, I never listened to this phone call, so I didn't know what the context of him using the word was. But listen, this is the call that was made public to the National Enquirer in 2007, and I have to say, warning, this could be a trigger if you a nigga. It's not because she's black. It's because we use the word nigger sometimes here. I'm not going to take a chance ever in life of losing everything I've worked for for 30 years because some nigger heard us say nigger and turned us into the Enquirer magazine. If Leeds was dating a nigger, we would all say you. And it's not that they're black. It's none of that. It's that we use the word nigger. We don't mean you scum nigger without a soul. We don't mean that. But America would think we mean that. And we're not taking a chance on losing everything we got over a racial slur because our son goes with the girl like that. I can't do that, Tucker. So I'll help you get another job, but you cannot work here unless you break up with her. Wow. So he wanted his son to break up with his black girlfriend. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss. I, I just, I just want to know why is this a thing now? Because this was back in 2007. Okay, why don't we just let sleeping dogs that are bounty hunters lie? Like, why is this story coming up now? Also in that call, yes, Envy, he wanted his son to break up with his black girlfriend because 
they use the n-word he uses the n-word you know uh like you know again i guess he uses it the way some black people use the n-word for in-group usage as a term of endearment whatever but dog wanted his son to break up with his girlfriend because she may hear them use it and it could bring their mm. empire down here's the thing what you do in the dark will always come to the light and if what you do in the dark okay cost you to lose something when the lights come on that means you probably just need to stop whatever it is you're doing when the lights are off okay simple i don't know why we complicate things if something is wrong it's wrong whether it's in the dark or in the light and that's why the n-word is so complicated and such a source of contention you know is it an offensive word is it only offensive when it comes from someone who's not black should it be in rap songs and should it be so entrenched in our culture is it lack of etiquette to speak it out loud in mixed company i don't know it's an age-old discussion that will probably outlive us all i do know that there is not a white man alive who has a past to use the word okay that i know i do know there's not a white man alive who should be using the word regardless of context but according to dog the bounty hunter there are n-word passes being handed out to white folks in these streets and he got one back in the day in prison okay but according to him he was just busted for driving with a, suspe a suspended n-word license okay listen to his explanation on why he uh chose to use the n-word listen i have never been a racist i'm 33 and a half percent apache but because of <laughs> over 15 years ago i have an achilles heel because i used the wrong word why were you using that word so freely well, I thought I had a pass in the black tribe to use it, kind of like Eminem. Who gave you the pass? The brothers. Who were the brothers? I had just, you know, gotten out of prison in <laughs> 1979 after spending <laughs> 18 months in Texas, and it was probably three quarters from the black tribe. So that was a word that we used back and forth as maybe a compliment. My pass expired for using it, but no one told me that. To say a racist mm. name doesn't qualify to make you a racist. I have more black friends than Eminem. Who's the black <laughs> tribe and who's the brothers? You got to tell me that. I have. And no why idea. is Eminem the buyer of black friends? Is, well, yes, very true. I mean, there's so much to unpack here. I mean, once again, there's not a white man alive who has a past to use the N-word in any context. You can choose to use it however which way you want. But with all speech, there is a price. Stop with the freedom of speech nonsense. There's no such thing. Nobody is stopping you from saying what you want to say. But also, nobody is going to be able to stop those consequences for the words that come out of your mouth either. That's what folks are really trying to avoid. Consequences for what they say because nobody is stopping you from saying anything. We just encourage folks like Dog the Bounty Hunter not to use the N-word because there will be consequences and repercussions. Respect your jaw, Mr. White Man, because you might get boxed in your mouth. Okay, see the problem with white men like Dog the Bounty Hunter, they didn't grow up around black women. Okay, especially black women from the South. I'm from South Carolina. You ain't getting too many warnings, okay? You're going to get one, mind your mouth now, and then there's going to be consequences and repercussions. And because of those consequences and repercussions, you learn uh, what you can and cannot say. Dog the Bounty Hunter did not learn that, okay? He may be learning that now, but it's probably too late. Now, to Angela Yee's point, I need to know why Eminem is his bar, Okay. Eminem helped to revitalize Dr. Dre's music career, no doubt. Eminem, you know, signed 50 Cent and G-Unit. That's what made 50 a superstar, international superstar, no doubt. Shady signed members of Griselda early. Didn't really promote them, but signed them nonetheless. Now they got Atlanta's own grip. I'm saying all that to say with everything Eminem has done for hip-hop culture, he don't got no damn path to say the N-word. 
okay, why do white people feel like they can play with us like that? I got Jewish friends. I got Jewish business partners. I got Jewish agents. I don't feel like I can use any slurs towards them because of my proximity to them. Why does Dog the Bounty Hunter think because he has black friends, he has a right to say that word? And why would you want to? Hell, we call each other kings and queens and gods and goddesses. I don't see you in a rush to use that kind of language in reference to black people. So why the N-word? Moral of the story is there is no proximity argument when it comes to the N-word. I'm not even going back and forth with any white person about this. Just stop. Okay, this is an old lesson plan. All right, now, Dog was also accused of being homophobic. Would you like to hear what he had to say to Kevin Frazier about that? This is good, too. Would you yes. like to listen? Yes. Listen. She's been fed what to say. I have three people that are on my staff that are gay men. Mm -hmm. My daughter's gay, baby Lisa. I don't understand why anybody would ever say that. I hear what you're saying. Uh -huh. Remember, proximity does not mean that you're not racist or homophobic. Would I die for a gay man or a black man? I'd lay down my life. We'll die. I need to see it. You got to prove it. When you say things like that, you got to prove it. Okay, dog, I know you was addicted to hard drugs back in the day. I think I read somewhere it was crack. Okay, but are we sure he's not using again? <laughs> because this is nut ass talk, okay? And you know, dog, I think it's honorable that you would lay your life down for a black man or a gay man or a gay person. I really do. But that just may not be enough, okay? We don't want you to die. All right, based off these offenses and your response and reasoning for your actions, the only way to fix this is not to lay down your life for a black man person or a gay person we need you to lay on your stomach for a black gay man okay that's the only way to fix this where is fleece johnson the booty hunter when you need him okay white people i hate to repeat this but the n-word is not for you all right there is no context or reason for you to use it and when you know better and don't do better you end up getting donkey of the day i send dog the bounty hunter healing energy but i also gotta give him the biggest hee-haw <laughs> Did the brothers approve this message? I have no idea. You let me know when uh, you get them on the line. And is that brothers with a S or a Z? Because that determines a lot. I don't know. Okay. Mm -hmm. You can always tell what kind of brothers they are based off how they spell brothers. Is it a Z at the N or S? Hmm? Mm. I don't know. All right. Well, what about the black tribe? Did they approve it? I have no I, I have my tribe. I have a soul tribe. But I don't think they speak. For, I don't think they're the black tribe. Oh. Okay, whatever that means. Trying to find out. Mm -hmm. All right, all right. Well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Up next, ask ye eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. You need relationship advice or any type of advice? Call ye right now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. What you want to know? Baby mama issues? Need some words of wisdom? Call up now for Ask Ye. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. Need relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice? Call up now for Ask Ye. Keep the bread. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Ye, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Ye. Hello, who's this? What up, though? It's Jay Cotton. What up, though? Get it off your chest, what bro. I said, get it off your chest. What's your question for Ye? <laughs> so, Ye, man, I, uh, I met my father when I was 19, right? We ain't really had the best relationship. And uh, as of recently, he said he wouldn't, um, he wasn't gonna come and visit me and my family because we won't take the vaccine because he had COVID. Mm -hmm. He had COVID last year, and um, I told him that you know I don't believe in taking the vaccine right now, just my choice. You know what I'm saying? But 
he said he won't come visit us. Like, so basically it's like, it's, it's done. The relationship done. And I'm just well, like, how, how would you take that? I mean, a couple of things here. It feels like there's underlying issues. It's not just this vaccine and him not coming to see you right now. It seems like this situation is bringing that to light because I will say this if he had COVID last year he had it really bad if he has any underlying conditions in general people are scared to get COVID especially because you don't know how it could affect you some people are dying from it some people are having long-lasting effects and they don't know what's going to happen and so I can understand why he's saying he wants to protect himself and his family he could spread it to other people as well so that to me isn't a reason to say that I'm done with you. Now it feels like this is just something that has brought to light the other issues that you've already had. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we never really had the best relationship. It was always back and forth. And I kind of felt like I, I always told him, it's crazy because I just kind of like realized like we was the kids. I never looked at it like that. I just looked at mm-hmm. like my father just wasn't in my life. But the reason being it is because he was married. You know, we he had us out of wedlock, which is, right. you know, that's, that's something no idea. You know, I can't control that. I didn't ask this car here, but now here it is. Listen, I'm 40 years, I'll be 40 next year. I'm a father of six. I got five boys, one girl. The way I, I raised my kids is because of the lack of parenting that I had. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I feel like I always expected a lot out of him, and he's always just been a disappointment to me. And I kind of feel like... Right. If I would have never met him, I wouldn't be as disappointed in him as I'm always him. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like he, he always disappoints me. And even as yeah. a grown man, that still hurts. Um, and there's no reason why it shouldn't hurt. You know, for 19 years of your life, you didn't know this person. And then he shows up and he still doesn't show up. And he has a lot of faults and he hasn't been a father to you. And so I can understand why your feelings are hurt. Now, as far as this as being about the vaccine, I think that is not what the real issue is, like I said. And, you know, yeah. you have met your father. And sometimes, you know, knowing a person and not having to deal with the what if your whole life is something that gives you some closure to as well. But all you can do is make sure that you're the opposite of the type of father that he was to you. I definitely am. Right. And so and if you think about it, him being the way that he was is actually what helped make you the amazing dad that you are. It is. It's the crazy part. Like, I like I I don't I don't want to bash my father because I love him. You know what I'm saying? No matter what, he still Mm -hmm. gave me life. He's the reason I'm here. But it's just, you know, men got to be held accountable. Right. You know, his actions of 39 years ago, he still hasn't been held accountable for it. And when, when I when I put him or I hold him to the fire about it, he don't like to talk about it. You get what I'm saying? He's yeah. Like in the conversation. But at the same time, he can, he can call and try to give me advice. And it's hard for me to accept the advice from him when it's just a phone call. You know, that's what I've been telling him right. over the years. I said, I need more from you than just phone calls. You know, love is not a, a word, it's an action. I love my kids, I love my wife, and I show them that every day by getting up and proving to them that I take care of them. I got to get up and make, make happen. Excuse me, but, you know... Yeah, and he should be, and I'm sure that he is ashamed of the way that he was as a dad and can't even admit that to you. You know, when my son turned 18 this year, or when he went to prom this year, it told me up because I thought about, I was so proud of my son for for being there and and barking and and being in this new space in life. But then it told me up because I thought about, damn, my father wasn't there for me. And then I also got to thinking about, you know, my sons are 18. I'm raising them to be me and I'm raising them to be great men 
and the fear that I have of them being out here in the world, I can't ask my father about how did that feel when I turned 18 and I was out in the world. How did you feel about, you know, what was your fears? What was your worries about me being out here? You know what I'm saying? So it kind of right. be like, that's, that's what I deal with. You know what I mean? But every day I get up and make hey. it happen, man. And your relationship with your father is a work in progress. And there's going to be times when you are done with him and write him off. And there's going to be times when you're like, I do love him. That is my father. And he I is part I'm of the reason. With it. I, I think I'm done with it right now. Because I don't mm-hmm. want to keep going through the emotions. I'm a very, I, I, to be honest, I definitely need therapy. Like, as I was young, right. young, the young me, when I hear Charlemagne talk about therapy, I always thought, like, man, that's not for black people. But the older I get now, I definitely know I need therapy because... Just what I be going through, you know what I mean? Like and, literally, like. And now is the time to crazy. seek that out, and you should see, you should, you should get some therapy for yourself, and see if your father would actually be open to coming to some sessions as well. Oh uh, no, we don't even. He don't even stay in the same. He, we. I mean, you can do it virtually. You can do uh, it virtually. Nah, I, I'm not even open for that. I, I would more so just go for myself. Yeah, but do that, do that, and and right now put your and right now put yourself first. You don't have to worry about anything else. Put yourself and your family first and handle your business. Okay? Just because that man is your blood doesn't mean he's your father because he never was. No, he's just my dad. That's the difference. A father yeah. is the person that is there that take care of him. But I just wanted to get that off my chest. I really appreciate y'all. Last year, y'all let me get on there and sing. And y'all gave me an uh, interview. This is Jay Cotton. I don't know if you remember me. Um, oh, yeah, we sure do. Don't you cook, too? Yeah, but... Yeah, I cook too. They Instagram clipped my page, man. So they've been on that. You know, they've been clipping a lot of influential black pages. Not saying that I'm very influential, but I am in my city. I know a lot of people. A lot of people know me. And when y'all gave me that platform last year, y'all actually boosted my 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 followers. It, it was just a, a a great time for me. You know what I mean? And I just wanted to say right. thank y'all, man, for everything. everything well, thank you, Jay Cotton. Everything. And we, and we appreciate you for being a great dad that you are. And I hope that people who are fathers who are listening and aren't active in their children's lives can actually understand how much this can affect uh, uh, their own kids as they get older. All right? Yeah. Ask Yee. Call us up, 800-585-1051. Thank you, Jay. All right. Ask Yee. We got more coming up. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Yee. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. What line you want to go to, Yee? Uh, let's do line two. Hello, who's this? Hello? Hello? Hey. Good morning. I'm sorry. It caught me off guard. I was waiting. <laughs> okay, what's your question for you, Mama? What's your name? I have a question. So I was dealing with somebody for two years, and every time something like gets really serious, they get up and they run, and they're like 75 years old. So... I don't know if it's even worth a fight anymore. Like, what do I do? Do I just let it go? So you were dealing with someone, but this person was not your your man. I, no, but we were, like, together every day and all day, and we stayed together and stuff like that. And and it was just like, oh, my accent speak louder than words. I don't want no titles or nothing. I just want to, if I'm here, I'm here, that type of thing. Okay, so basically, y'all were acting like you were in a relationship, but he wasn't yeah. officially in one because he wanted to be able to have the freedom to do what he wants to do because y'all don't have no title. Yes, and it seemed like it seemed like he wanted to make a title at some point, but now it's just like it's, it's horrible. We argue all the time, and it's is this time to let it go? Like I don't. If you are not getting what you want out of a relationship, then it is time to let it go. 
sometimes you end up in this cycle because guys will think that she's not going to leave me. She never has. It's been two years. I've been doing what I want to do. She might get mad and we might argue, but she ain't going nowhere. And sometimes you have to go somewhere. He's the one that's always leaving. Like it's not me. It's not me saying, you know, I'm out of here or whatever. It's him. Like I don't, I don't get the running part. What's up? What, what is that? Well, action speak. Action speak louder than words. Like he said. Yeah, you're right. Thank you. I'll so, uh, and we, I want more for, and I want more for you. And you gotta want better for yourself too. You gotta want somebody that wants to be there. Somebody that's proud to be like, that's my girl. That's my woman. We working towards something in the future. That's what you deserve. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's just a, you know, it's a rough time with everything that's going on in the world and stuff like that. So, people yeah, don't get used to just don't get used to dysfunction. It's not normal. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Ask Yee, 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, you can call Yee. Now you got rumors on the way? We'll be talking about Polo G. He has had to hire around-the-clock armed security for his mother. We'll tell you what happened. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? Rumor report. Rumor report. This is The Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, yesterday, as R. Kelly trial continues in Brooklyn, the minister who married R. Kelly and Aaliyah described their secret wedding for the first time. So Nathan Edmond, who's now 73, said that he had never met R. Kelly or Aaliyah prior to the ceremony. He didn't know who they were. He said he, he did not think it was anybody special. I didn't understand it at all. And he acknowledged also that he did not want to be taking the stand right now. So according to the federal indictment, R. Kelly met Aaliyah when she was 12 years old. He started a sexual relationship with her when she was still a young teen. Uh, they alleged that he married her because he believed she was pregnant and it could keep her from testifying against him. Now, a friend of R. Kelly's, who was also an associate of the minister, asked for a favor, according to that minister. He said it was a quick ceremony, about 10 minutes or less in a hotel in the Chicago suburbs. The only attendees were himself, R. Kelly, Aaliyah, and about three other gentlemen who Edmund did not know. Now, he said before conducting the ceremony, he was asked to sign a confidentiality agreement, but he refused. He said it didn't look legally sound. Instead, he gave his word that he would never speak about the ceremony, and he agreed. And they offered him somewhere between $25 and $50 to officiate, but he declined the money. He said that R. Kelly and Aaliyah wore matching jogging suits for the wedding ceremony, each with one pant leg rolled up to the knee. And so that's the first time he's ever publicly spoken about their wedding ceremony. So question, nobody else uh, would be charged with like conspiracy in a situation like that because it had to be people who knew, you know, she was underage and, and still let that go down, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. And the minister for on his behalf, you know, they had gotten the forged paperwork, so he didn't know. Yeah, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about like just okay. people in their the team. Yeah, yeah, like their crew. Yeah, her, the person who got the fake ID for her, Somebody, right? yeah. All of it. Mm-hmm. So it, just, it just seemed like more people would be, you know, bought into that situation than just, just them. Right. Now, another woman who goes by the name Faith also testified yesterday. She said she had a sexual relationship with R. Kelly as recently as February of 2018. And she said that he threatened her with nude photographs after she sued him for exposing her to herpes. She said her mouth broke out in disgusting bumps about five days after her last sexual encounter with him. She was diagnosed at urgent care and then by her OBGYN with herpes. She said she tried to reach R. Kelly multiple times to have a discussion about it. He wouldn't respond. She said he did it. I knew it was him. And then when she uh, actually went to file a criminal complaint, 
and filed a lawsuit. One of her attorneys received signed letters from R. Kelly that threatened to expose her past life or sexual partners and subject her to a public opinion if she continued to pursue legal action. And then somehow her nudes did still end up uh, all over the Internet after that. Yeah, a lot going on with this R. Kelly trial, like I said, but every day we are going to keep you updated. All right, now let's talk about Polo G. He has hired 24-hour armed guards to protect his mother, Stasia Mack, after there was video surveillance, which she shared, showing footage of several people kicking down various doors in her home. They are now offering a reward. Now, she posted that and she said, I recently had an attempted break-in at my home. At least three men attempted to break in. You'll hear the assailant on camera say, y'all ready in real time time on my camera i witnessed as an intruder kicked in my basement door while multiple intruders flocked to other entry points in my home i began to fire upon them the gunfire was enough to cause them to run out of the house out of the house uh fortunately mm. but she said she did struggle with whether whether or not she should post that yeah that video looked crazy and it, it, it's i mean they didn't care who was in that house and they had guns with long clips like they were coming in for war so thank god she had her license was able to fire back yes man herself. salute to station mac and this is why i feel like owning a legal firearm in america you know as a black person is a form of self-care teach everybody in your family uh who's old enough to be able to shoot how to shoot yeah absolutely my daughter knows how to shoot my I- son knows how to shoot and we have a dog as the first defense at the crib all right, Tyler Perry is tired of y'all tweeting about his his BT drama sisters. Now sisters the problem is, is this: people people keep talking about the wigs on the show, and so he said, "I want all of y'all to start talking about hair to me, please." He said, "I swear to you, these are the things I can do. I can run a company. I can build a house. I can go on stage. I can do all this stuff. I know what I do. I don't know how to do hair. I don't know nothing about it." And he says he does employ professional hairdressers to worry about the wigs and styling. He said, I hire people to do hair, pay them $65 an hour. You heard that right. $65 an hour. They work 10 to 12 hours a day to make sure the hair is right. That's their job. So I'm paying them to do their job and they're doing that. They're doing a great job. Sometimes things slip because I move a little fast, but they get it done. And then he wants people on Twitter. Stop asking me about some damn hair. Go talk to somebody that's got a hot curler. Like I'm walking around with a damn hot curler. Now, which which one is sisters? The sisters man, the one with, the, with sisters the guy is that was amazing. fighting, and the guy did the three sixty four. Yes, sisters is one of the best comedies on TV, and the wigs add to the laughter. Drop on a clues bomb for sisters. I don't know about them brothers, dog bounty hunter was talking about, but I know about them sisters. Okay. That yeah, it's about a, it's like five different women there in Atlanta. They're very successful. Hilarious. I know that one fight looked hilarious. The the brother got hit and, and he spun around and said ah and then fell on the floor. Mm-hmm. I loved it. He, he All right, well like that is booty, your little booty stimulation. He said, what? I forgot the exact term for it, but the exact phrasing was what? what he said he like his what do you say he like his something played with what? Yeah. D- don't worry. Yeah, if, if you that. watch the comedy, you'll get it. Mm. But Sisters is an amazing, <laughs> amazing comedy. One of the best comedies on TV. Easily. Hands down. Uh, all right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. All right. Now, um, shout to Revolt. Are we on Revolt today? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking Revolt. at the camera. Oh, I'm looking at it. Okay. All right. Anthony's there. I heard Anthony. Made it in. He's working from home. <laughs> no, I heard Anthony got like like four or five feet of water in his basement. So uh, shout oh, to really? Anthony. Yeah, shout to everybody out there. That's, that's why he uh, got on swimming trunks? Yeah. Okay. That's the reason why. All right, yeah, so uh, shout to Revolt. We'll see you tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice Mix is up next. Get your request in now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Hey, what up, y'all? It's DJ Envy here. Listen, mediocre phones are out. The new Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G is in. 
It folds clothes and fits in your palm, and even bends to stand up on its own for hands-free selfies, group shots, and videos. So cool. Shop now at Samsung.com. 5G connection availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Yeah. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, we got a shout out to uh, Malcolm Mays for joining us this morning. Now, if you don't yes, know, he's, he's in Snowfall. He's also in Raising Canon. Uh, he's a writer. Raising Canon. What'd I say? Raising Canon. Uh, Raising Canon. He's an actor <laughs> and writer. So, shout out to him. Great conversation. Hey, no, Charlamagne, he did have those words for you about, because you know he's doing the uh, New Jack City, uh, the sequel. But he said it's not a remake, it's a sequel. Well, that's not what they announced before. Then Before they announced the reboot. No, he said it's a sequel, just to Do we need a it. New Jack City sequel? Well, you when you hear the interview, you'll hear what he had to say I heard about what it. he had to say about it. What he had to do, mm-hmm. he got Zendaya, he got Zendaya playing a role. I mean, you know, listen, I got to see the creative, you know what I mean? But I just, I, I don't know. I think great things should be left alone. Envy was saying he did like Bad Boys, though, when they did that sequel. I did like Bad Boys sequel, but I didn't like Coming to America sequel. Yeah, but Bad Boys was a sequel, you know what I mean? And it was a sequel that made sense because it's two police officers. You can continue to tell stories like that over and over and over and over again. Like New Jack City captured a moment in time, you know right. what I mean? It was the the, the 80, late 80s, early 90s, the whole New Jack swing era. Crack was new to the neighborhoods. Like, it was a moment in time. Like, it's, it's hard to recapture the moment in time. That's well, all I'm saying. He's saying it's a di- different moment in time. It's a, Well, we got to see. He, we gotta he see. we got a new plot and everything, but I love it's what based 50's on doing today. Now. Like like BMF, like if you're gonna tell those kind of stories, like there's there's actual real stories that you could tell that are that are new. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited to see it. Good luck to that brother. Salute to that brother, man. That my man Glasses Malone hit me about him uh yesterday. He's from the he's from the jungles, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, when we come back, positive notice the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ. Now, this looks crazy. I'm looking on TV now. There's a boat on the roadway because it's mad water. That well, is no, crazy. it said rescues underway. So the guy is in the boat going to help, help They're people. going to rescue people. Yes. But that, that's crazy. That's Jersey. Yes, it is. Jeez. Listen, I keep telling y'all, the earth is sick of y'all. The earth is sick of y'all humans. Y'all humans been knucking, and now the earth is bucking. Okay? Y'all keep acting like climate change is not real. Okay. Yes, the weather gonna continue to get worse and worse, and you're gonna start seeing things in places that you have never seen before. You're gonna see snow in places you never seen before. You're gonna see earthquakes in places you never seen before. It's it's not gonna get any better, people. Earth is sick of our. Okay. Mm-hmm. One thing about these planets, they gonna still be here. We will not. <laughs> All right. Believe that. All right. Well, you got a positive note? Something positive? Other than knock if you buck. Listen, yes, positive note is simple. A mistake that makes you humble is better than an achievement that makes you arrogant. Breakfast club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done?